Hey, all right. Dalton did. If you turn me down a little bit, woo, loud. Woo, this is loud. Um, anybody have a week? It was sort of tougher than you expected it to be. Yeah, a few of y'all. I um, I, I gotta confess something to you. I had a, I had a week that became tougher than I expected to be. I was um. Came into the office, week was going fine, came into the office on Tuesday morning, and Pastor Mike, I, he, had, he had told me there was something he was wanting to find at the store, and I had actually been that morning to the store, and I, I found what he was wanting, so I bought it. And um, so I, I, I didn't tell him I bought it, I just walked in, when I came into work and said, here you go. Dude, I found this, and he was so excited. He's got a chair in his office. He jumped on top of the chair and dove on my back in like a fireman's fireman's carry. And and uh, so what I will do is I I spin around going because you no, know, he's excited and we're yelling in his office. I'm sort of glad no one else would walk in us because very weird. Um, usually you, the pastor you serve with, you don't really do that, but we've got a pretty good relationship. Not that good, but you know what I'm saying. And um, when I started to twist, I forgot to move my feet and I tweaked my back, which I didn't really feel it much at the time, but as the day go, went on, by around 1 o'clock, I went home because I was afraid I wouldn't be able to drive home. Uh, from. So I got home, ice pack. Whatever pills we could find, not really, but it was the right stuff. And um, and so, just it's just been one. So I didn't know if I was going to even be here today or so. But if by the time I'm done, if I'm just lying on the ground and just speaking to you, just sort of listen, okay? Can you do that? Because uh, and I didn't take any, any drugs today. I'm like I don't. Who knows? I always I, I say weird stuff already, and I don't need painkillers when I'm speaking. Uh, I might speak smoother, but no, I won't try it. What do we speak about last week? Who? Who do we speak about? Someone that lived with abandon. His name was Daniel. Daniel, And he lived, and it says in chapter 1, verse 8 of the book, with his name on it, it says that he, he, he what? To not eat the king's food. What did he eat? He, there's one word in there. He resolved. He resolved. And resolve is more than decide. We decide things all the time and we flip on it all the time. Well, I'm going to live for God for the rest of my life. I'm not going to turn back. No way. And what happens? A week passes. An hour passes. We crash. We're like, oh, I'm the biggest loser ever. But there's sometimes in our life that we resolve. And it's, it's a point where you take a step where you're not going to look back. You're not going to fall back. Your mind's been made up. You've worked through it. And you resolve yourself. I'm not going to go that way. And live with a Abandon for, for Christ, for God. We've got to have resolve. That's one of the one of the first. If you don't have that, you're never going to do it. It's just a first step. Now we're going to look at a new guy for this week, and his name is Paul. Have you all heard of Paul before? Okay, Paul is an amazing. Uh, I, I went to lunch with G- Genesis this past week, and I asked him who. What? When I, I use that word to live with aban- uh, the phrase to live with abandon, who do you think of? And he said Paul. And you know he's so right because Paul is a man who went and was bold in his faith. He had first been against the church. God saved him, changed his life, and then he became bold in his faith. And as he was bold, he would be beaten and stoned and put in jail, and he he'd preach it. He'd be he'd be mocked. He'd be in jail. He'd preach it. He'd be stoned, left for dead, thought to be dead outside the gates. He'd get up, brush himself off, go to the next place and preach it. Did Paul live with abandon? Did he have resolve in his life? He had it all over his life. 
and he says this phrase, and I forget in which book it's, it's in, but he says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. He said, you know what? To live is Christ. My life is all about Christ. To die, it's going to be better. But God has called me to be here now to live for him, not for me, but for him. A lot of folks will say that and go, well, I, um, does he say it's just better to go ahead and die and not, not be here? He says, no, it's better when you're here, it's not about you. It's about sharing Christ with whoever you're around, being a light to a world that needs hope, that needs help, that is dying. So, so to live is Christ. To die, I mean, that, that, that'll be better. And I'll get there whenever that day comes. I'll get there, but I'm going to live for him with all that I have. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 19. So if you've got your, your, your Bibles, and man, bring them in this place. If you don't have one, see me, please. I will get one to you that can be yours. It's just very, I'd love for you to just have your own where as we talk, you can write things, you can mark things that jump out at you. It's just very important to have. So this is Live with Abandon part two. And there's three Characters in this story we're going to talk about and, and look at because I think they apply to our lives as well. And a lot of times when we, you read the word on your own, one thing that you can look in the text is ask yourself, is there an example for me to, to, to follow? And in this text, there are three examples to look at. Two to follow, one not to follow. So we're going to sort of sit, boom, boom, boom. Very simple text. And so take a look at this in Acts chapter 19. Well, let me just explain this. Paul goes to a city called Ephesus. Now, he goes there. There's not a church there. He begins to preach and teach, and, and people become disciples of Christ. They turn, they give their lives to Christ, and the church begins there. Paul is the beginner of this church. Now, have you heard of a book in the Bible that was written, it was a letter at first written to the church of Ephesus? Have you heard of that book? Yes. What? Yes. What book is it? Ephesians, very good. If you look back, that that book was written to this church after he began it. But th- okay, so know that in the Word of God, when you read that book, it ties into this story we're about to read right here because this is the roots of when the church first began. Now, even in the book of Revelation chapter two, this church they, they talk about seven church, 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 churches, and a lot of them did great things, but also they 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 struggled. And he refers back the first church they. Refer back to as a church in Ephesus. And he says these great things about it, but then he says this, you lost your first love. Turn back to your first love. This is, in, this is John who wrote that. So understand, this church that he began, man, it's an important, important church. And so verses 1 through 8, it just talks about how this church begins to form. So we're going to start to read in, in verse 8. The first character in our story is, is Paul who is a prophet and servant of God. That is what, we know that you're called to be a prophet of God in today's world. That's one that proclaims the the good news of Christ. doesn't mean you've got to stand on a big box. I won't stand on this right now because I'll tweak my back worse. Stand on a box. Ooh, oh, that didn't do good. You stand on a big box and just in a big crowd start to yell at them. But it's just just going, hey, what's going on? Hey, do you believe in God? You know that God has a fantastic plan for your life? It's beginning to proclaim the great things of God. We're called to be that. Look at it here in verse 8. Finally, we'll get to the text. And he, Paul, entered the synagogue. And for three months he spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. For three months he talked and explained things and taught. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, some became stubborn. Some did, some didn't. 
uh, speaking evil of the way before the congregation. The way is an old term for those that followed Christ. It was called the way. Okay, So let, let me read that again. But with some... But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way, as in being a follower of Christ before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. Now, this is a hall that was used in the in the morning and from four o'clock on. So it was like till eleven a.m. It was used by another God-worshipping group up until uh, 11, but they would take a break and most folks would go take a nap during the heat of the day. Paul would go there when they would leave it and begin to teach those that would want to hear the Word of God. Every day he did this. Now, Paul made tents for a living. That's how he made his living. He did that in the morning and then when he was done with that, he would go teach and then it says that when he was done with that, he would go into homes and teach more. So Paul was going after it because he did believe to live as Christ and to die as gain. And it wasn't about what he wanted of this world. It was what God had in store for, for this world. Verse 10 said, This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. This was in a city that was a port city, main one, that all around the known world ships and stuff would go through this this city to get around the world. So Paul was there to proclaim it. They would stop, stay for a few days, and Paul would be there to teach and, and to to share about Christ. That's what he did. And um, he was con- consistent. Some some things about Paul, and we also sort of already know he was con- con- consistent. He was bold. He, he went in there and he preached uh, for two, two years plus. But look at what it says here in verse 11, because it gets it. Interesting here. It says, And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Whoa, that's pretty cool, isn't it? That the power of God was so much on Paul that if he just brushed up against someone, don't hear me, they would be healed. The sickness would leave them. Someone would have been sick for years, all their life. And if they he just touched the cloth and they took it from him and took, t- took it to the house where the sick or the blind or the deaf rat, they would touch it and they would be healed. The power of God was on this. Now, if, if you had heard about that, would you want like a towel or something that, that Paul had touched? Dude, I would want that. I'd be putting it all in my mouth going, okay, can I talk yet? <laughs> yeah, that's just me. I want you to see this clip because we see the story, but sometimes we need to see something um, real life to make us understand how exciting this is because it's much more exciting it should be than this clip. Take a look. Throw you a okay, let's start do that clip again. Just hit play again. Y'all know who threw him the uh, threw her the uh, towel? Bieber. Yeah, it's, it's very on the very start of the clip. He threw her a towel, and then she is like, <laughs> "Now I watched some clips today of fans at con- concerts and stuff, and um, they're stupid." 
Do you know what I'm saying? They're stupid, freaky, stupid, and they act like there's a God on the stage that can save them and and help them have eternal life and joy for the rest of their life. Do you agree? Have you all seen that before? I've seen it just to be the concert all the time. I didn't understand what you said, but that's okay because my ears are ringing real loud. At the Justin Bieber concert all Okay, okay. Shouldn't go there all the time. That's weird. Um, But I love you. Now. Do you understand? Okay, this is a. Okay, let's get her off the screen. She's scaring me. Okay. Because some, some, some of y'all are like, oh, yes, she is so obsessed. That's not me. You know what I'm saying? That's so you. Okay. Paul, if he just took something that he held, because, you know, he dabs his, his head on. I saw a Beyonce clip today. Of this guy who was on the front row, and she said, "What's my name?" I guess there's a song that's "What's what my name?" Well, something like that, maybe I don't know. But she's dabbing it, and he says it. He's like, oh, no, sir. and she throws the cloth, and this guy gets slain in the spirit. A evil de- 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 demon, I think, goes into him because he's just freaking out and just totally upset. You know, and I understand being excited about stuff. I and so don't let me dog, dog it too bad. I understand that, but there's a, there's a. Do you understand how big this news was? Paul, you, y'all, y'all, y'all think they, the stars of today are big? Paul has got it going on. I mean, people are being healed, lives transformed forever, not only with the truth that he's taught. They're not just being changed on the inside, they're being changed on the outside too. So some, those don't miss that in the story. But I do believe this. When God calls us to live with abandon, he will do extraordinary things through you for his glory. Because you never hear about Paul going, yeah, did you see what I did? Boom! No. All you see is, this is what God did through Paul. This, these guys were healed because Paul had held the cloth, but God did all the work. And if you live with abandon, if, if you go all out, and you know what, you're going to have to sacrifice, you're going to have to give up, you're going to have to let go. God will do extraordinary things through you. And it's not going to be to make you rich. It won't be to give you more joy. It won't be to give you more friends. It's going to be to give him glory. That's why we live with abandonment, to give him honor and glory. Now look at, so the first guy we see is Paul. Dude, he's doing it right. He is doing it, and you'll read through Scripture. He does it right a lot. Now the book of Acts, let me show this. Who, who wrote the book of Acts? Luke wrote the book of Acts. Luke, Dr. Luke, the guy that wrote Luke also wrote Acts. Very precise, and this is a historical account of the early church when the church began. That's what the book of Acts is about. And so Paul is in a lot of this from chapter 7 on. A lot of it is Paul as he works with Peter and everybody as they're getting along and trying to do the work of God. So the book of Acts is a fantastic book just to read and to get into. So the first guy is Paul. Lived with abandonment. My my goal, um, I want to be like Christ, but if there's someone uh, human that was only human, I want to be like, it would be like Paul. Because even when Paul was beat down, he got up and he spoke boldly. Uh, Even when he was beat down and mocked, God used him in mighty ways all the time. It wasn't about him. So let's go on because the story gets really fun right here. Now, look in verse 12. Verse 11. God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick. And their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. 
than some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists. Who here has seen the movie The Exorcism or anything like that, like The Exorcism of Rosie Marie? I don't know what they're, you know, there was one out there. Okay, you know, we've got an idea, and this is where someone's, their head spins, they throw up and stuff like that. And, and there is a, there is a, a demon essence of it, but, but someone could be insane or wild. And so these guys were Jewish itinerant Exorcist. That means that they were Jews. They didn't believe in Christ. They were Jew, Jew, Jewish. They would go around. They didn't really have a, a home base. They would just go from town to town, and they would invoke different sayings to heal folks of these demons. And their goal was this, to say the name of a demon or a god that was greater than whatever demon was possessing the one that was, was in it. Now, th- that'll make sense as the story goes on because they're going around and so say that you're being possessed by uh, the, the demon stinkweeds, okay? Okay, and sorry, you just the odor. No, I'm kidding. That was, that was me, Dalton. I love you, bro. Um, and and so, you're, so I would invoke by the name of Zeus, get out of him. Because Zeus, and now that may not be the name they use, but it's a bigger name. So, and so they would pay money to these guys. This is the way these guys made a living. They didn't do this to help folks. They did it to help themselves. Understand that part of the story. Because the first character in the story was Paul, who was a prophet of God, a voice of God. The next are these itinerant Jewish exorcists who I call the fakers. Is faker a word? It is now. Well, if it's not, it's just a weird word to me. Fakers, they, they look at what they do and it'll make sense. Since some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you, I command you by the, the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Did I read that right? Then some, I'm not on drugs, honestly. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I, I command you by the, by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. So they're saying this, going, hey, I command you in the name of this Jesus that Paul speaks about, get out of this guy or get out of this girl or get away. Now there's, you think, well, the name of Jesus, that's a good, good, good name to, to use, right? It's actually a fantastic name to use. But the problem is this. If you use the name of Jesus, you better know Jesus and not just know about Jesus. They didn't know Jesus. It's clear because they said, uh, the, the one that Paul ta- talks about, that, that, that guy, in his name, get out. Now you're going to see something. Looking here in verse 14. The seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing just this. Seven sons. They were going around and they're saying, proclaiming, in the name of Paul's Jesus, get out of him. And something bad happens to them. It says, but the evil spirit answered them. Jesus I know. Oh, Jesus we know. Paul we recognize. But who are you? You know, I, I said this point already, but I want you to... In Acts 4, verse 13, it talks about Peter and John when they've heal, healed a guy. 
And uh, it says uh, they're before a group that is just trying to rip them apart, saying you cannot talk about the name of Jesus. And it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished because they spoke so well. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. You know, I want you to understand, don't miss this, even the demons recognized Paul. And they only recognized Paul because he had been with Jesus. And because he had a relationship with Jesus, they're like, oh, we're not going to mess with that guy because he's on his team. But you guys, you don't have a team to be on. So these guys are just trying to use the name of Jesus for their own game. Now, does that occur in the church? All the time. I'm sad to say in this room very well, there could be many fakers who are just coming. They come because that's what I'm supposed to do. And, uh, you know, I'm coming. I pay attention some. I sort of even know the right thing to say. I was baptized. But when you leave there and you go to school, there's no ounce of Christ in your lifestyle at all. It doesn't affect the way you talk. It doesn't affect the way the, that you walk, the way that you live, the way that you befriend or help or serve. It doesn't affect anything. And the sad part about it is I think some people fake themselves out. That you, you are so just caught up in it, you, you just sort of lose sight of what it's supposed to be about. Look here at what occurs in the story. The evil spirit had said to them, Jesus I know and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and outpowered them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Let me tell you guys a secret. If you get beat so bad that you're naked and wounded and fleeing, you have lost the fight. Do you agree? That's about as bad as you are going to lose a fight. One against seven. Beat them where their clothes fell off, and they went running out of there because they were. And this is this is this is, and it's sort of a funny story because you go, oh, this dude's don't. Yeah, you better make sure if you're you going to use the name of Christ, you know him. You better make sure that you've got a relationship with him. And what does it mean to know him? Well, you put your faith and trust in him, but then you seek him, and then you, you read his word. And as you read his word, he speaks to you, and you follow the commands that he gives. That's having a relationship with Christ. But do you know this? And my wife will attest to this. We've, had, we've done this for a long time. And we've had so many youth that have come through. And after a few weeks, you can tell a, a faker pretty clear. And it's sad. A lot of people can't tell, but, but we, we've talked about a lot of them, and a lot of them have gotten to a point in their life not too far from when we knew them where they, where they were trying to, to live it. They act like they were all bad and tough, and the world got a hold of them, and the world beat them where they were naked and running. And a lot of them I didn't I ever see turn around and come back to God. I've seen a, a few, but most of them... Man, and you can spot them. That's the sad thing. You can see it. Because if you're a believer, what you believe in is how you live your life. So when you go to school, and the bad part about this is y'all are all on the spot right here because a lot of you go to school with each other, and you see each other. And I challenge you. You see someone, Adeline, call them out not because you're better than them, but because you care for them. You know what? I don't want to see any of you beaten 
and naked for sure. Okay, <laughs> I don't, but I don't want you to see you beat down. That I, I don't know. I would hate that for you. But I want you to understand the grace and the love of Christ, and that's what you live for. That's what your life is about. Now, look what occurs here. Now, I wrote a few a few things here. Um, a, a, a faker um, knows about G- Jesus, but they don't know G- Jesus. You can know about him, but boy, they they don't know him. If you know him, man, if you know him, you're, you're going to live for him because you understand of the grace and the greatness and the need you have for him and how you owe him everything. A faker tries to use God for their own gain. That's what these guys, a faker, they're just, I'm coming to church, I'm, I'm looking good, I'm, I'm, it's just for your own gain. A faker will be revealed. Stay away from that word, Riff's night. Revealed. There we go. They, they will be. It's going to come out at some time. It will. Now let's look here in verse 17. So these poor boys have been beaten and they fled. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks. And fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Extol is a word that means praised. Okay? So, so the, the name of the Lord Jesus was praised. They heard the story. Everybody. The word, isn't that surprising? Word got around. That doesn't occur at your school, right? Never. No. Word got around. These guys, they got to fight, man. Fight. Blood. Naked. Uh, running. They, I mean, they got the whole... Now, it probably... The story changed some, I'm sure, because people added stuff and, you know, they spitting fire in his mouth and snakes came out of his nose. You know, they added stuff. But it, it got out. And look here in verse 18. Also... Many of those who are now believers came. Okay. Well, let me read back in because I want you to get this. And the fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was praised. Also, many of those who were now believers came, confessing and divulging their practices. Um, a follower, because that's our third third group. We had we had Paul, who was a prophet. We had the seven sons of Sceva who were fakers. And we had this third group here that are the followers. Now, the followers fall, but they get back up. And you're seeing them get, get back up in the spot. Because a follower is in awe of God and has changed. See, a, a faker has no fear of God. And is 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 unchanged. They're just the same. They're just the same as the world. Followers in all, and that word can be fear too, because there's a good fear. You know what? To this day, I fear my my dad. I can I think at this point outrun my dad. Maybe not today because my back, but I can outrun him. Uh, I could probably hold him down. Until he headbutted me and tore me in half with his bare hands. He's 72, almost 73, something like that. I have a fear of my dad still. But it's not like a fear like, ah, oh, he's going to hurt me, he's going to beat me. It's fear of, I think he's a great man. And I think he does have the power to take me apart still. But you know what? My fear of God, God's got the, the power to just go, I don't think God's like that, so don't know. At least not for those who love him. We fear God. It's okay to fear God. 
Look at what they do here. Verse 18, And also many of those who are now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. They came and know what they did? They confessed their sins. They came, they heard the story about the greatness of God, and it woke them up. It wasn't a game. They had been playing a game, and it woke them up. And they didn't only confess their sins, but look at what, what it says here in the, in the next verse. It says, And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. Okay, they took these things that, that separated them from God, and they took a drastic me- 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 measure in their life. Drastic. And it says that what they burned... What they took, counted the value of them and found it to, came to 50,000 pieces of silver. In that day, we're talking $5 million. I did the extra dollars just to make it sound bigger. $5 million. They took this and they took it. Most folks would say, are you crazy? Are you stupid? You can sell that. You can invest that and use it to take ships and then you can go and spread the gospel around the world. They took these things that were distractions and they took them and they knew they were wrong in the sight of God and they burned them. Live with abandon takes sacrifice. To be a follower of Christ, it takes sacrifice. A follower is willing to take drastic measures to obey God. They confess their sins. That's drastic. Dude, that's tough. Man, sometimes I've got, I've got, and I'm not saying, okay, so everybody, we're taking turns tonight. Seamus, you first. Come on, share all your sins. Oh, he's like, dude, no way. You're, you're smoking something. Okay, no, no. But I'm talking about there's, you need friends within your life. I've got a couple friends, about three or four, that I can just talk, talk to. Just be straight up, man. Pray for me. I'm struggling with this. Man, I've just confessed this to God. I need you to help get my back on it. We've got, we've got to have that relationship. In, in James 5, 16, it says, confess your sins one to Another. We're called to to do that. To live with. I don't know if you want to live with abandon, but I do. And I think there's more than just me in this room that want to. But it's going to cost you. It also goes on that says this: that they they turn from the things that didn't honor God. Can I tell you all this straight up? You've heard me say this forty times or whatever. You watch things that don't honor God, and there's a point in your life where you need to wake up. And you need to take that and you need to lay it out and burn it and never go back to it. Because that is what is keeping you from that life that you go, oh, I so want that life. Well, then let go of this life. You cannot have that life unless you let go of this life. Do you understand that? You're never going to be able to reach it. Because you're holding on to something that doesn't honor God. And it could be relationships. It could be a girlfriend or boyfriend. It could be things that you watch. It could be friends that you hang out with. There's a lot of things we hold on to. Man, I want this. you got to let go. You will never get there unless you let go. And they turned away from them. And this is how they turned away from them. They turned away from them publicly. And a lot of times you're not going to turn away from something unless you announce it to some folks that you know, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. I want this out of my life. And you tell, I'm not telling, you go before the whole church, you tell the whole church. But you find some, some people to share, I'm going to walk away from this. And they also did it in the first permanently. They burned it. What they could walk away from, they burned it. It was of great worth, they burned it. Why? Because I don't want any chance to go back to that. Any chance to go back to that. 
if, if we read on, it says this. And um, no, the last point is not important. It says this. Uh, so, so the word of the Lord conti- continue to increase and prevail might, 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 mightily. Man, that's what I want. Not just for my life, but I want it for your life. I want it to to explode in my life, and I I can want it all day long, but unless you want it, you're never going to get there. You've got to have resolve in your life. You've got to go. Okay, have I been a faker or not? Because this is the truth. You sin, and y'all have heard this time over time. But you no, know sometimes you just got to got to hear it over and over until it clicks. You sin. God is without sin. There's no way to get to God because He cannot be around sin. So God sent His Son Jesus to come to Earth, live a life without sin. He died on a cross, and the cross did not kill Him. Your sin killed Him. The payment of your sin laid upon Him killed Him. That He who who knew no sin became sin for us on the cross. He was perfect, sinless until He was laid on that cross, and our sin was placed upon Him, and it killed Him, and He died. But he rose again on the third day. Our sin was paid for for those who believe and put their faith and trust in him. Repent from, turn away from sin, and believe in him. Because some of you might be going, you know what? I think I may be a faker and I don't want to be. That's what you do. You repent. God, I'm sorry for my sins. I know I cannot get to you on my own. And Lord, I want to put my faith and trust in you and you alone through your son, Jesus Christ. His perfect sacrifice for me. That is the first step to live with abandon. And my hope for you, my prayer for you, is that you will take that step. But decide in the story who, who, who you are. Because some, someone in the story, you might go, well, you know what? That guy's more, more like Paul because I see them at school and they're talking about Christ. They're talking about God. Dude, that's awesome. There's some, some of you that may be like these, that struggle, but you know what? There's, I want to be a follower of Christ. I know I know him, and I know there's things in my life. I need to lay them out. I need to share with certain friends or me or whoever you want to. I, that you need to lay these. And for some of you, you're going, I'm a faker. Some of you in that cat, cat, cat category, you either want to stay there. You go, no, but I'm good. I, I like the world I've got a hold of. But some of you are going, oh, I'm tired of this. So my hope is this, man, we, we're here to encourage you, but also to help explain things. And I am here, my wife is here, adults are here. When there's a struggle, you go, man, I just don't know where to go. It's confidential to talk to us. The only time it's not is if you talk to us about being abused or, or about wanting to take your own life. And what we will always do there is what is best for you to protect you and to love you, guaranteed. But what you share, it, it's. But I mean, we can't be, be afraid to talk to each other. And say, this is my struggle. This is my strength. Pray for me. I need help. That's what it's about. Live with abandon. Don't be like the seven sons of Sceva who got their tails kicked, ran out naked. Let's pray.